Hi, everyone, and welcome to podcast number nine. Very excited. We have Stephanie Adler in today. She is going to be talking about seed cycling, cycle syncing, connecting to your natural rhythm as a menstruating woman. We talk about birth control pills, non-hormonal forms of birth control. We talk about understanding your discharge, seed cycling, how to seed cycle and maybe freshly grind your own seeds and make your own recipes to honor the increase and decrease of estrogen and progesterone. We talk about dairy, supplements, gut health, collagen, and all these different ways for women to connect to their body, to regulate themselves, to feel good. Can't wait to share this with you. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast number nine, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I'm super pumped about today's guest. I have with me my dear friend and mentor, Stephanie Adler. Stephanie is a nourishing, experienced creator, a wellness consultant, natural chef, and founder of Bright Bean Health. Hi, Steph. Hi, Erin. It's so exciting to be here with you today. Well, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Please tell us, tell us about your wellness journey and how you started building Bright Bean Health. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So my wellness journey actually starts when I was a kid and I was really sick with a lot of digestive digestive issues my entire life. Um, And about from the ages of like seven or eight until 12, 13, I was in and out of doctor's offices just without a real answer. They would give me a medicine and then it would maybe work for a little bit or not work or have bad side effects. And so then they would switch it. And all the meantime, I wasn't feeling any better. And at the time, way before it was like trendy or cool, um, my aunt had a friend of a friend who had gone off of this thing called gluten and it completely changed her life. And they had had tested me for celiac disease and I didn't have it. So all of my doctors were like, this isn't going to help you. And I felt really desperate. And I was like, well, I'm willing to give it a shot anyways. And keep in mind, again, I'm like, 12. (laughs) And so, um, but I was also a 12 year old who loved to cook. And so I think that made a big difference, but I went off of gluten and within three months, the majority of the symptoms I'd been having for years were gone, including really strong anxiety and really bad stomach pain. And just, it was, it was a mess. And all of a sudden it was all gone. And so I was really aware from a young age, the effect that diet and lifestyle had on our bodies. Um, was really conscious of the food that I was eating. And then after high school, I went and lived abroad for a few years, was able fortunately to live a really healthy lifestyle on the Mediterranean, was always really interested in health and wellness, and but it was studying conflict resolution for my undergraduate degree and came back to the States afterwards to work in interfaith work and, and new narrative building for conflicts around the world. And after a few months, just completely realized, had this like reverse culture shock of coming back to the States that people were really sick. And it seemed to me like every other commercial on TV was one for a pharmaceutical 
And the next was for a food that was going to make people need a pharmaceutical and was really realizing how disconnected people were from their food system. And so really wanted to be a part of that movement to bring the pieces back together and help people see food as medicine. And so I went back to school for a degree in holistic nutrition. Um, and since I finished that a few years ago, started a coaching practice and it has now evolved into helping women specifically, uh, but not exclusively, uh, find their own journeys to health and wellness. That is so beautiful and necessary and very needed. I met Stephanie when we both were living in Tel Aviv and Stephanie invited our mutual friend Brittany and I over for, I think it was Shabbat dinner, just like a hangout. And I remember I came to Stephanie's place and she made this incredible, like life altering, amazing salad. And I didn't know vegetables could taste that good. Like I didn't know that eating this way could be so colorful and exciting. And Stephanie was definitely one of the first people to introduce me to vibrant health and vegetables that are like orgasmically delicious. So thank <laughs> you for that. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Yeah, it was such a joy getting to share food with you in Israel and since. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's so much like connection and community that's built around food. And when we can have really, really nourishing food, food as the base for that, um, I think it really gives us the opportunity to connect deeper with others. So what do most of your clients come to you for? Uh, yeah, so I work with a lot of people experiencing just dis-ease in their bodies and people who are just tired of feeling sick and bloated and anxious and have some people who've, you know, started to pick up on, okay, maybe what I'm eating or what's in my, my diet, uh, and in my lifestyle. So it's not just diet. Sometimes it's our environmental surroundings. So I work with a lot of people who just like want to biohack their health. Um, I work with a lot of autoimmune clients. So people who are experiencing everything from ulcerative colitis to, um, different type like PCOS or thyroid conditions, Hashimoto's, um, and then women who are looking to regulate their cycles and have healthier periods and live a better life because of their ability to sync up with their cycle better and have a more regular menstrual cycle. Tell us more. This is clearly like one of my most favorite topics in the whole entire world, cycle syncing. I have an article coming out with Mind Body Green speaking to this point. So please tell us more about cycle syncing. Yeah, I'd love to. I think to start with my own journey with cycle syncing, and I actually also have an article about this on my blog where I, I personally was on the birth control pill for 10 years um, from the time that I was not even a teenager, basically. I think I was like 12 or 13. There's a, I have a family history of endometriosis on my mom's side. And I'd had like three periods, maybe four. And they weren't particularly regular because that's actually, now I know, pretty normal for when you're just starting to get your period for them to take some time to, regular, to regulate. And I also they had been kind of painful. Like I had some cramps and all these things. And so I went to the gynecologist and she basically told me I should get on the birth control pill to prevent um, any cysts from growing or to prevent painful periods and to regulate my cycle. And so, you know, kind of coming from a place of ignorance, I was like, okay. And I was on the pill for over 10 years almost. 
almost 11 years. And when I went back to school for holistic nutrition, I had this like complete aha moment where I was just not even, I hadn't put the pieces together of what I was doing to my body. And so I decided to go off the pill, which I didn't also have a lot of information about what that process would be like. And I had a horrible case of post-birth control syndrome, which is when your body is trying to relearn how to make its own hormones. And I experienced acne and crazy mood swings and for months. Um, and it really caused me to go super inward. I researched everything I could about this topic. And since then, it's become a huge passion of mine because, I mean, I was working full time basically on getting my hormones back in check. Uh, for several months, I was seeing an herbalist. I was eating as many cruciferous vegetables as I possibly could. I was supplementing right. I was cyc- uh, seed cycling. I was doing everything. And like, I remember when I got my period back, it just being the most magical thing. And it still took a few months for it to become regular. And in a hundred percent honesty, I'm still on that journey. My cycle is a little bit longer than I would love it to be. Um, and I just really trust that I'm doing all the right things all the time and every day, every meal and know it'll get there. But the idea of cycle syncing is syncing up your body and your actions so that they match your menstrual cycle. And so as women, we're more cycling monthly, we have changes in our hormones, which cause everything from a change in our mood to the change in the way we want to exercise and the way our body feels and the way that we're thinking and the way that other people view us. And so if we can really hack that, that uh, cycle, we can really harness our feminine energy for good. Which we definitely, definitely need. It's so true. It's our own personal life hack. It's our own way of connecting to our body and the world around us. I personally use cycle syncing to really show up for my business. Um, I know we have the different phases, follicular, ovulation, luteal, and menstrual. And I would love for you to tell us how do you use these different phases for your personal life or for your business or social? Yeah. I feel really blessed that I have, I'm in a position where I can sync my cycle this way. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit about the way that I do it. And I'll, I'm also going to give people some tools who maybe work, you know, a more traditional nine to five. And unfortunately in our society can't really call in and be like, I have my period. So I'm going to like lay in bed and journal for two days. Um, I would love to see a society in which we can all do that. But so for me, I, again, also showing up for my business, I really try and schedule things to match my cycle. So during menstruation, so like my menstruation, like the actual act of bleeding is around three to four days. Um, And I keep it really low key. I only like to do social things around people who I feel very close to. And I use it during that time of the month, we get really clear signals from our brain. We're not particularly exceptional at articulating them at that moment. That comes in our ovulation phase. But we're on the inside, really like getting clear visions for ourselves and and where we want to change. And we're really able to be really intuitive during that time period. And so I like to take that time period to rest and to nest and to journal and think about changes that I want to make in the upcoming month and in my life. 
Um, I also use it to like really nourish my body and to like stay home and cook all of my meals um, and to eat iron rich foods. I really encourage women to eat iron rich foods throughout their entire cycle, but specifically during menstruation. Um, and then after that, and also like keeping exercise, like I actually do think it is really important to, to move during that time. Like movement can really help our cramps. Uh, I encourage you if it feels good to you to orgasm during this time, something I actually, when I'm working with women who are looking to regulate their cycle more, I, I encourage them to orgasm as much as possible, actually, like at least once a week. Um, and not with a toy, this is kind of a fun fact, but basically when you use a toy, it doesn't promote the same amount of blood flow to the area as if you are either having sex or self-pleasuring with your hand. And so um, we can get all into the nitty gritty of cycle syncing and sex, but in the next coming, so after menstruation, you have your follicular phase. And this is basically when the body is gearing up to release another egg. And we can think of our cycle kind of like the seasons. And so if menstruation is fall, then we have summer when we're going into our follicular phase. And the whole reason that we can think of this is like the main, like things bloom in spring. And this is like actually the main event, ovulation. Whereas I think today we unfortunately have this attitude to put the focus on bleeding. Like the focus of the entire cycle is when you bleed, when really the focus should be when we ovulate. And so the follicular phase is leading up to ovulation and you feel really energized and focused and like this is a really great time to plan work projects that go, you know, that you can carry on. This will last like but different for different people around seven to ten days. This phase is pretty normal, um, common. I don't like the word normal. Let me correct that. Um, and yeah, during this phase, it's really good to eat foods like avocado, things that are like going to promote the progesterone that you want to come in the next cycle. Um, I mean, in the next phase of the cycle. And so this is like a really good time to exercise, do high energy things, be social and be out there. And then during ovulation, which we can talk about a little bit, how do you like know when I'm ovulating? How do I know when I'm in these different phases of my cycle? So menstruation is pretty easy because uh, there's bloody like bloody discharges, you know, it's blood. And then discharge during the follicular phase is a little bit different in that the first part of the follicular phase, you're, you're likely to be a little dry. And then as the phase goes on, you'll have sticky, like kind of almost tacky, like yellow or white discharge. And then when it's time for ovulation, it's going to be like egg whites and slippery. Um, and so if you've ever had that feeling when you wipe and it like is really smooth and fast, like you're likely in your ovulation phase. Um, and so this happens so that like our bodies are so amazing so that the sperm can live in that sticky egg white for up to five days because you're only ovulating for a period of like you ovulate and then it's around for between for six to 24 hours. And so the fact that the sperm can live there for five days and you can have that longer period of getting pregnant is really magic. Um, and it's all because of your discharge. So love your discharge, ladies. <laughs> and <laughs> this is like your most outgoing time. Like you are visibly sexier. And this is like the perfect time in your life to plan presentations or to go on a podcast or to do anything that you like really want to be your most outgoing self. This is a great time for first dates. It's a great time to ask for a raise. You're really good at articulating. 
And also right before this happened, you're, you have a bump in testosterone, which makes you want to get it on. And um, which makes sense because if biologically speaking, you want to get pregnant, right? Like that's what our bodies are doing this process for. And so also it's a really great time to have sex um, if you're using protection and you, if you don't want to get pregnant and, or not using protection, if you do want to get pregnant and you can have longer orgasms, it's easier to come to orgasm. Like it's a really beautiful time in like your ovulation phase to get a little sexy and enjoy that time with your partner or with yourself. Um, and then week, the, the following phase, the luteal phase is definitely a more inward time. You want to rest much more nesting. It's like a really great time to do projects around the house. I personally use it to see people very close to me, but I don't like to be outwardly social. You know, I'm not going to be going to concerts during this time. I try and not do like a big event or retreats or things where I need to be like up and in front of people. Definitely a time for nesting. I start to slow down my exercise a lot more, do a lot more slower yoga, maybe take some walks. Uh, I try and be a little bit more kind with myself, just like that internal voice about why things are frustrating me more, why I might feel discontent with some of the things around me, um, how I treat others. I think it's really important to be like aware of that. And so I can be kinder to the people in my life during this phase. And then it starts all over again. And that's the magic of it. <laughs> and it really is magic. And all my female clients, I highly encourage them to start cycle syncing, read Women Code uh, by Elisa Vitti, yeah. which I highly She's recommend. Amazing. And everything that you said about orgasm, like definitely, definitely, it also helps you if you are coming off the birth control pill, it helps you detox and release these synthetic hormones. So definitely get it on, connect to your body, connect to the world around you. Cycle syncing is a beyond life alterer. Yeah, it really, I, I actually recently posted something about cycle syncing on Instagram and I had this flood of women responding to me being like, wow, I had no idea that there was a name for this. Like it's something I've intuitively felt, but I just didn't know what, you know, like w what it was and like what name to put to it. And I think that we as a society focus so much about like the PMS and take a Midol and, you know, it, it, there, it's always like fixing the solution as opposed to when you can really just like harness it and go and lean into it. You can be kinder to yourselves and just like also show up as a better person in the world because of it. And I was also exactly like amen, like a woman to everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I was researching the lineage of cycle syncing. And actually, in a lot of organized religion, it was a practice that was shared between partners. Mm -hmm. So a woman and her partner, um, her husband, and a lot of these lineages, they would track the woman's cycle together. And they would know when it was time to make love to bring in a child into the world. And I think that intimacy with your partner is something that would really benefit today's world. It doesn't require screen time. It requires being together, knowing the signals and the support of the female body. I think that's something we need to bring back into the modern world. Absolutely. I like think it's the sexiest thing ever when my partner's like, are you ovulating? <laughs> it's about that time of the month, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I mean, for, 
I actually am familiar with that practice in Judaism, at least it's called Nita, and have definitely used it as a connection practice in my own relationship. And it's been, we don't necessarily follow the practice in all of the ways that it's originally intended, um, but just the practice of tracking has been a really fun thing to do with someone else. And I encourage people to not just do it. I mean, you can do it with your romantic partner, but find a friend, like how empowering to like connect with a friend and be like, Hey, what day of your cycle are you on? And like, are, you know, are you in your third week and ready to like nest? And do you want me to come over and bring you a face mask as opposed to like, Hey lady, like, why don't you want to come out to the bar with me tonight? Like if we were more in tune and like with each other and where we were at, we would be able, I think, to be better friends and just, I don't know how to articulate the exact word, but like, like be in each other's mindset better, right? Like, and be able to like tap into like, oh, I know why they don't want to come out and be social with me right now. And so I'm not going to be upset with them for it. Absolutely. And everything you were speaking to, like with my female clients, who are also entrepreneurs, like definitely bringing in cycle syncing to maximize their productivity. And then also on more of my clients who are on the spiritual development path, like in the follicular phase, really dreaming up, what do you truly most desire? What do you want? And where's this wanting birthing from? Ovulation, showing up for what you want, getting out there. Um, like me personally, I am speaking at South by Southwest next week and I was trying to link up the, the speech that I'm offering during my ovulation phase. Um, it's not exactly lining up, but, um, definitely like planning those practices, luteal redefining that manifestation, nurturing those seeds of manifestation. And when you're bleeding, I mean, there's so many different practices, but I have one friend who writes out her manifestations and literally sits in and bleeds on it. And like you saying, yeah, and I know we've even talked about before, um, like we have friends who use their menstruation blood to finger paint and make art. And I always think about like, as we speak about Nita and lineage, um, we both have led many trips to Israel and Amasada, which is this mountain in the south of Israel. They talk about how they fertilize the desert land in Masada by using menstruation blood to fertilize this this basically deserted desert land. So immensely fascinating. Yeah. Hardcore superpower. We have to start tapping into it. It's the most life-altering thing ever. Agreed. I think also as women, when we we take something that society has been so long, for so long telling us to not talk about in public or to keep quiet or to cover up and we really like unleash the power with it and within us and within it. Um, I think it's like a double whammy, right? Like one, not only do we feel more powerful for us, but we're showing up for women everywhere and it can be a role model and an example to young women who are just getting their periods and hopefully won't have to, overcome some of the things that an an older generation of women have had to overcome in terms of the way we talk about our period and the way we express ourselves around it, for sure. And this definitely is what we call natural family planning. And for my clients, myself, and many other women that we know, if you're comfortable doing natural family planning, connecting to your discharge, and this is how you prevent pregnancy, like if you are not trying to get pregnant right now, 
I also highly, highly, highly recommend the copper IUD. It's a non-hormonal form of birth control. I know Steph and I talk about this often. Um, it's basically a T-shape that sits in your uterus and it essentially makes your user, your uterus a hazardous place to hold a child. So it's completely non-hormonal and you can cycle sync and also use this copper IUD, the Paragard. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Erin. Um, one thing I'd like to note, just the nutritionist in me, that if you are going to be getting a copper IUD, it's really important to one, get yourself tested to make sure that you deal with metals okay. I know some women who can't detox metals the same way that everyone else can. And so it can cause um, symptoms of anxiety and depression in those specific people. And so just it's important to get tested for that. And also, I love to tell people to either really increase the amount of zinc that you're eating or supplement with a zinc supplement because zinc and zinc and copper are cofactors in the body. And so if you have too much of one, you don't have enough of it the other. And zinc is already something that's kind of hard for us to get. So if even just that little amount of copper that's going into our bodies, it's important to help bring in some zinc to balance it out. Um, also in terms of just like other forms of hormonal, non-hormonal birth control, I have heard, and I think maybe you used this, Erin, the basal temperature that was an app. Natural you, cycles. Yes. Uh, it's just a really like we have so much technology nowadays and taking your temperature is a really accurate way to find out when you're ovulating and when you're fertile and when you're not, because like we said, there are only really five days in your entire cycle. If you have a regular cycle that you can get pregnant. So this app, you know, can help you decode what your temperature says and tells you like fertile, likely not fertile, um, which I think is really wonderful that we've been able to use technology for good like that. Natural Cycles is the first FDA-approved app or form of natural birth control that literally requires you taking your temperature first thing when you wake up in the morning. Um, I definitely highly recommend all women who are trying to get pregnant and trying to not get pregnant to try this technique as well. And the only rule is the second you wake up, like literally your alarm goes off or you naturally wake up, stick that thermometer in the same space in the underneath your tongue in the way back, take your temperature, record it, and then go on with your day. So that's the way that we can figure out how consistent it is. If you just got off the hormonal birth control pill, you are still on it. These practices are still immensely, immensely beneficial. Um, it's recommended that you detox about four times a year if you are on hormonal birth control. And if you are coming off of the pill, there are so many incredible protocols. I really love the one by Elisa Vitti, the four day reset, which is in her book, Woman Code. Also, Steph and I both both follow Dr. Jolene Bryan, who just came out with the book Beyond the Pill, packed with honestly mandatory information. I remember coming home from soccer practice in high school at like 14, 15 years old. And crying, begging my mom to let me go on the pill. Like I had horrible acne on my jawline, on my forehead. I was so desperate to not have it. And then after being on the pill for 10 years, you check in with your body and you're like, you know, what is my natural rhythm? Like what, what have I been putting in my body this whole entire time? Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit about what women can do who are not having a regular cycle in order to kind of 
sync this up because we're talking a lot about cycle syncing. And I think that it's really important to help people get back to a more regulated cycle so that they can sort of start to feel and harness on this power. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, cool. So something I'm a huge, huge pro promote promoter pro- proponent. Yes. <laughs> proponent of, um, is seed cycling and Basically, seed cycling is when you harness the phytoestrogenic powers of seeds to create those hormones, the hormones that we basically have different hormones cycling through our body at different time and they cause us to release an egg or they cause us to finally shed our uterine lining. They all have different purposes. And so for this, the sake of seed cycling, you can break your cycle up into halves instead of fourths. And for your follicular phase, you use flax seeds and pumpkin seeds in order to promote estrogen in the first part of your cycle. And then you use sesame seeds and sunflower seeds in the second half of your cycle. And so for women who maybe aren't having a period, who aren't ovulating, this is a really amazing practice. It can take a few months. Um, You know, a lot of the things that we do in the holistic health world are not take a pill and call me in the morning. Uh, These things are root cause medicine and food is medicine is a little bit of a longer process, but that it means it's just working at its core. And so I don't want people to be discouraged if they try it for a month and then it doesn't work. I really recommend at the minimum three months to try seed cycling. And so what you do is you work with raw organic seeds and you fresh grind them. So if you have a coffee grinder or a small food processor, something you can grind them every day. And if that's a part of your ritual, and I think rituals, Aaron and I both agree are incredibly important for our well-being and our mindset. And so if you want to make grinding your seeds a part of your daily ritual, stellar. Um, or you can, I say, once a week, grind a big batch and then keep them in the freezer for freshness and then add them onto things. But so you could grind up a mix of flax and pumpkin seeds or one or the other for the first 14 days of your cycle. And if you not everyone has a 28-day cycle. Um, if you are not cycling at all, if you are not ovulating and having a period, I think doing a 14-day and 14-day uh, round is really good to train your cycle and to try and get it on a regular schedule. So I, if you want to line it up with the moon, I think that's a really beautiful practice as well. So on the new moon, starting your 14 days of pumpkin seeds and flax seeds. And then at day 14, when you would hopefully be ovulating in, you know, a perfect world, (laughs) if we were lined up with the moon, you would then switch to sesame and sunflower seeds. And sesame, sometimes I'll say for convenience sake, it's okay to do a raw tahini. Artisan Organics makes a brand that I really like. Um, But if you can do it fresh, I think it's better. Seed cycling. Yes, it's so delicious and it's so fun. And if you guys, you have to hop on Instagram, find Steph under Bright Bean Health. She posts the most amazing, amazing recipes that definitely support all of these practices that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, these seeds are so simple. You can put them on a smoothie, in a smoothie. You can put them on top of some coconut yogurt. Also, while we're talking about things that I think um, are really helpful for women trying to regulate their menstrual cycle, 
and this isn't all, it doesn't always make me the most popular person in the room, but some foods to avoid. I mean, dairy, unfortunately, is a really estrogenic food and it's just a really hormonal food. And so if you're someone who's been struggling to have a more regular cycle and this can show up in so many ways, you know, it can show up in PCOS, endometriosis, it can show up in just having really bad PMS. And while a little bit of, you know, change in our mood and everything is normal, having really tender breasts and having a lot of anxiety and really breaking out, these are symptoms that are telling us that something isn't going 100% right in our body. And so it's most likely in those instances, estrogen dominance. And so being able to detox estrogen through our body is that gets accumulated in our body is really important. So like making sure you're going to the bathroom every day. Um, if you're not pooping every day, then you're probably reabsorbing hormones into your system. And so making sure you get enough fiber. And then also in that second half of your cycle in your luteal phase, right about the time if you would switch over, and this is for everyone, not just looking people who are looking to regulate their cycle, anyone who wants a healthy cycle. Um, in your luteal phase, eating foods that are really good for detox because in the first half of our cycle, we don't detox that well actually. And so eating foods like beets and burdock and a lot of cruciferous vegetables in the second half of our cycle is really important to get that excess excess estrogen out of our body. And estrogen dominance is a huge conversation piece today. Just read another piece of uh, this really interesting article that said one realization or one symptom of having estrogen dominance is that extra couple pounds in your stomach, hips, and thighs. And that's like yeah. one like big indicator that you've either always been your whole entire life estrogen dominant or because you are transitioning or going through different hormonal shifts. This is something that we need to look into. Do yeah, you, and a lot of... Okay. Do you recommend a specific detox protocol yeah, um, yeah, I do. Um, I think that primarily I always recommend going off really inflammatory foods, which for the majority of women, I'm not speaking for everyone, starts with gluten and dairy um, and really cleaning up the diet. So just no processed sugars. I really like to only eat whole foods, a lot of liquids, a lot of broth, a lot of lemon juice, and a lot of just cleansing foods. Um, I think supplementing at, for when you're trying to, especially after being on a hormonal birth control pill is really important because there's only, and I'm all about food as medicine, but sometimes there's only so much we can do for food with the food at, in a therapeutic dose. So supplementing with DIM is something I usually recommend for women who are experiencing estrogen dominance. Um, and there's a lot of really wonderful herbs too. And I usually refer to an herbalist who makes these that I know in Oakland who makes these really magical teas, but, um, also designs for health does a really great FemGuard balance that I, I, a lot of my clients end up supplementing with. Um, and I like them a lot too. So, and then again, like I said, cycle syncing, I think is a really, uh, seed cycling <laughs> is a really great way to part of that protocol um, to just kind of help things detox and move in the way that they're supposed to. Beautiful. And yeah. right now, what are some of your most favorite recipes that you're making? Mm, my goodness. 
Um, wow. In the winter, I'm all about soups and I'm a really huge supporter of seasonal and local eating. And so there's a lot of in the cycle sinking community talk about, you know, different foods that you should eat on different types of parts of your cycle. I happen to believe that if you're eating food that grows from ground near you by, and it's organic and it's supporting that intuitive feeling that you're feeling of like, it's cold outside. I want some really warming soup and really warming spices um, versus in the summer wanting to be much more light and have more juices and smoothies and salads. Um, personally, I think that that's more supportive for my own health. And so these days I've been eating a lot of soup and it's been delicious. I made cassava flour paleo matzo balls the other day, which was like comfort food. It looked amazing. <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot of that and a lot of sweet potatoes and a lot of butternut squash and just really feeling into the season like that these days. And also to be honest, not cooking with a ton of like big plans in mind, kind of just coming home and being like, okay, I've got some homemade broth and I got a bunch of veggies. What am I going to do with it? And I think in order to make lifestyle changes and like easy, healthy cooking sustainable for people, we can't always be looking at recipes. And I actually just wrote a little cookbooklet uh, with a friend of mine based on seasonal foods at the farmer's market. Um, and it's also doubles as an adult coloring book and it's really cute. You can find it on my website. <laughs> um, but my whole point about writing it is I kind of went back and forth with the woman who was doing the illustrations and I didn't really want to write amounts uh, because like no two lemons are the same. And I wanted people to not get so caught up in the like, but it said I need a one pound of Brussels sprouts. Like I really wanted people to be able to intuitively feel it. Um, we compromised and <laughs> there's a little bit of amounts and there's a little bit of a pinch of this, but I really do encourage people to make mistakes and that's how you learn from them and just kind of play in the kitchen and create your own recipes and have a lot of fun with it. And it'll become more enjoyable in the long run that way. Steph, that is so awesome. I will link to her website in our bio notes. Definitely check out her coloring book and this recipe book. I know Steph and I both, like with my background in functional medicine nutrition, we always talk about healing the gut. Heal, heal, heal the gut. Focus on your sauerkraut. Make that bone broth. Especially right now, it's winter time. Make bone broth. Like, make your own broth. It is incredibly healing. It literally rebinds the gut. I just had some this morning as well. It's such a good ritual to bring into your everyday. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of information out there right now about the gut, the gut, the microbiome. Oh my gosh, this is fermented foods. Like it's very trendy and I'm appreciative that it's so trendy because I think more information needs to get out there. But I think people, I recently hosted a gut health for women event and one of the things, and I made actually I ended up making a checklist because the woman who I was working on the event was like, how do we even know if we need gut health? And the fact of the matter is I've never worked with a client who didn't need what I call the four R program to reheal your gut, to reset your gut. Um, because just constantly we're exposed to so many factors in our environment and stress and all of these things take a huge toll on our gut. And if you were ever on the hormonal birth control pill, it is very, uh, hard on your microbiome. And so just starting from there, I mean, if you've ever taken a round of antibiotics, you need gut help. Um, and so it's something that I know I'm constantly working on. I do a lot of collagen. That's a new thing for me these days. And 
in the past six months since I've been doing collagen, I've noticed some of my food sensitivities have gotten better. And that's a real testament to just the way that my gut is healing. And um, I know Erin is like, it was so much fun when she and I made sauerkraut together once. And I remember just like us totally geeking out and nerding out on all these gut fun facts, because really in, in my opinion, and I believe Erin shares this with me, you know, health starts and ends in the gut. And so really like tuning in to that part of our body will really help us show up better in the world when we feel good in our, in our like gut and where our intuition comes from. Yeah. Yeah. It's our second brain. It's where it's definitely the space where we need to, yeah, everything we need to nurture. Steph, thank you. If you had the ears of all the women in the world, what would you say to them? I think I would say that first, you're enough. Two, that you deserve to be your own first priority and that you have the power to heal yourself. And that three, you don't have to do it alone and that it's really okay to seek help in order to find the tools and resources you need to make those changes. Absolutely. Steph, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Erin, for hosting this beautiful show. Of course, of course. Everyone who is listening, please comment below. Let us know if you cycle sync, how you connect to your natural rhythm. I adore these practices. I'm always interested in knowing more. As always with podcasts, we need those high ratings, subscribers, and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and hugs and looking forward to chatting again soon. Thank you all so much.